This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, Miami Hurricanes fans. We have a instant reaction podcast after Miami loses a another heartbreaker, second in a row, I think you could say. Uh, this one to North Carolina by the score of 45-42. Uh, also for the second game in a row, uh, the game kind of played out in a similar fashion. Uh, Miami starts a little bit slow coming out of the gate, but they catch fire or at least find a rhythm, I guess, in the second half, uh, fight their way back into the game, and then even have a chance to win the game in the closing seconds. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this, watch the, watch the game. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke uh, pass got tipped on an RPO play at the line of scrimmage, batted up in the air after uh, bouncing around North Carolina ended up with the interception ending the game in the final seconds. Uh, but this game, I guess the difference was Miami was going for the win. It appears rather than uh, going for overtime by settling for a field goal. So heartbreaker, lot to get into with this podcast. We'll touch on uh, some of the easy talking points, I think for about 20 minutes here, Gabby, but I'll let you start. Like there's plenty to dig into here in terms of this game. What's the first topic you want to, you want to touch on here? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just, I, I just think Miami needs to find a way to just start games faster, man. Um, okay. You know, I'm just looking at the splits right now. I mean, first half, you're down 31, 17, 80 total yards. In the second half, you go, I mean, if you're only looking at the second half, Miami wins the second half 25 to 14, outgains UNC 341 yards to 107 yards. Um, it really just feels like we're getting two teams. It was a very similar story against Virginia. Again, you give yourself a team, your, your team a chance to win at the end of the game. But man, uh, it feels like, this team's just like not able to put it together for four full quarters. And, and ultimately I think that's why you take the loss there. Um, it's not a, it's not a two quarter game. It's not a three quarter game. It's a four quarter game. And you Miami put themselves just in a really tough spot in that first half. And uh, I, you know, put, I, I just, yeah, I put first quarter struggles and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but in general, I think that's on coaches because I think that reflects of the game plan coming into a game, right. As a game yeah. progresses you have adjustments, uh, in-game adjustments uh, that happen during the course of a game. But to me, the first quarter is kind of what the coaches thought would be most successful from what they watched on film in preparation for those games. Unfortunately, this is a trend. And I would say, you know, the fact that this game was coming off a of bye week, 16 days to prepare, to me, that just amplifies how this you know, the first quarter struggles or first half struggles, you know, is even more so on the coaches in this game. Would you agree with that? Or would you push back on that? No, I mean, you, you, have, you have all this time to prepare and, you know, I do get that. Yeah. I, I mean, just, I guess being de playing devil's advocate, I mean, you do have a quarterback going on the road for the first time, but right. 
it seems inexcusable to total 12 yards. I think we, in the, in the first quarter, I mean, in the, I think in that Virginia game, it was like 10 yards. So, I mean, a total <laughs> of 22 first quarter yards uh, over your last right. two games. Um, it just feels unacceptable regardless. I mean, I, I think we're at the point where we're realizing it takes Tyler Van Dyke a second to settle into these games. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a part of it too. But, yeah, I think you got to find a way to to get him rolling earlier on because, I mean, how, how do you justify that? How do you justify 22 total first quarter yards um, in the two ACC games that you've played this year? I mean, it's it, it, I, 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 would, I would agree that's on the coaching. But let's talk about Tyler because I don't, I don't know what to make of him, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's bad, and I don't think we can necessarily say he's good, right? Um, but he certainly flashes the ability to to be a good quarterback. It's just he's missing the consistency from drive to drive. Like you said, I mean, started slow once again uh, in the North Carolina game in the first half, started 5 of 15 for 59 yards with two interceptions, rushed for two yards on two carries, right? Um, but he ends the game and look, these stats, quite frankly, are not good enough. Um, but he put himself in such a hole with the poor first half that the total game, uh, ends up, I guess, respectable. I don't know, but he ended up 20 of 45 for 264 with one touchdown and three interceptions. Now, again, that's not good enough, but, and then he ran for 36 yards on nine carries. So it's not good enough, but, uh, on the flip side of that, there's no doubt that Miami would not have gotten back into this game without Tyler Van Dyke's streaky play when he was streaky good in the second half. So what do you like, what do you feel like we have learned about Tyler Van Dyke other than obviously he's inconsistent, but like, what is his bread and butter? What does he do? Well, what can Rhett Lashley build on? you know, after seeing him in action in two games against ACC opponents now? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's hard to just say, like, what he does well. I feel like I feel like once he settles down, I guess, like, once he sort of gains that confidence, I feel like he plays well. Um, you know, I, th- I think he's a little bit more mobile than maybe we give him credit for. Um, I, I think I, part of that is North Carolina's scheme, though. They yeah. play a lot of man, and yeah. so their backs are turned to him. And look, he gets credit for picking up yards. He, he's definitely... He's fast enough. Yeah. But I think against like zone teams, like if, if teams were playing him, like they played Derek, I'm not convinced he would necessarily run for, I mean, he's still not running for a crazy amount. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know yeah, to get himself out of trouble. That's what I'm that's saying. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, can you point to like one thing where you're like, you know, I feel like he does this. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'll say this. One thing I, mean, I do. He might, he might like, be a little clutch, I guess. Like, I feel like he, like that's the fair. He there's, well. there's something there. I, one thing I do like about Tyler is he is willing, like defense, like Virginia and North Carolina, uh, when he has outside receivers that clearly have one-on-one situations, he's going to at least throw the ball to them. And a lot of times today against North Carolina, they picked up pass interference calls, um, you know, which, yeah, it's not yardage that accounts for Tyler's, you know, final stats but that's essentially yardage he is picking up. Right. That's yardage that's moving the chains. Um, so I like that he's willing to attempt those throws at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, early on, it was bad, man. Like It was really, really hard to he's watch. He's erratic with his ball placement. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he was slow with processing the coverages. But K- 
came out second half, looked like a competent ACC level quarterback that can win some games. Right. Right. Um, So, and look, maybe that's just part of the growing process. I think we have to be fair, even though we do at the same time have to judge him as a starting quarterback at the university of Miami. Right. Um, But he is still growing into the job and there's certainly things there that you like. You would just like for the consistency to start showing, I guess. Right. Anything else to highlight about Tyler? No, I think I'm good there. What do you make of the, did you have any problems with the decision at the end of the game by Manny Diaz? I didn't. Um, I didn't either. I mean, I feel like it's like the same sort of story. I mean, I, I didn't like have like an we, issue with the Virginia yeah. game either, though, honestly. No, I mean, I didn't. But, I mean, you, you watch Andy Borgales. I mean, he had two 40-plus right. yarders today. Like, I mean, I feel like that's a kick that you – like, I feel like nine out of ten times, I mean, you're feeling like you're like he's splitting that. So, I mean, I didn't hate that either. But, um, you know, I'm never – I will never be upset about someone, you know, really just going to win the game, even right. if it's just like, like – let's say you're down – you're, on the road you, yeah you're on the road i mean even sometimes if it's even like hey go, going for two going for the win like i mean in some situations maybe it's not the right move but i mean i feel like i always tip my cap and just be like all right you know what they wanted to play for the win and you know you got to respect that at times you know um so you know i didn't have a problem with it i like that they've sort of taken a shot i feel like i feel like that ball doesn't get batted down i mean i think you're i think you i think you give yourself a chance there so i didn't i didn't hate it too much let's say on offense before we get to the defense so the other thing I think to touch on with the offense is Rooster, right? Yeah. Um, 92 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and then two receptions, uh, 73 yards and a touchdown. Basically one of those, you know, one pass for 72-yard touchdown, I think. Um, so we did get to see the explosive impact Jalen Knighton can have on a game. Uh, he's, he's clearly their best running back, I think, you know, with Cam Harris. Who knows what that injury is going to be. Doesn't look good moving forward. I would say, you know, he didn't return after a third quarter injury looked like a leg injury of some sort, whether it's knee or ankle. Um, you know, I, I think you got to just find rooster. I would be, I, I want to see Rhett Lashley work him more into the passing game. Quite frankly, yeah. I know that's more of an NFL type thing than a college thing in terms of, running backs being a big part of the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his speed, like on that, that touchdown oh, yeah. pass, it was ridiculous. His speed yeah. down, down the sidelines. So good to see Jalen Knighton have a productive day. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I feel like I told you on Tuesday during practice, David, I was like, I'm, I think I'm on the Jalen Knighton hype train. Sure. Uh, you know, I think that he's a, I, I, I agree. I think he's Miami's best running back. And, you know, I feel like even just the way he ran the ball today, I mean, 5.4 yards per carry like we haven't seen that from a Miami running back uh really this year I mean if I mean maybe Cam Harris just with some of those big runs um but I thought overall Jalen Knighton was really consistent I thought it was he consistent Miami, runs it was, yeah, he, he was the most consistent runner um that really we've seen from Miami this year I think that uh I, I'm feeling more confident about the running game with him back there uh moving forward I think too we can't you know we praise Jalen Knight and I think it's also fair to praise the offensive line yeah I don't think they played poorly, um, no. you know, both in run blocking and pass protection. It seems like, you know, I don't want to jinx it. It seems like they might be turning a corner in terms of not being below average. You know, they might be turning that corner being above average, maybe, or, or average. Did you, did you get that sense yeah. today? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was never looking at the offensive line and being like, what in the world is that? And, you know, they're going to have their slip-ups and their mistakes. Donaldson had one bad miss, yeah, right? Yeah, Donaldson had a bad one. But, I mean, I thought, especially early in that, for, that first quarter, David, I feel like Tyler Van Dyke was sitting, just sitting in the pocket, yes. like, you know, just like not knowing what to do with the football. Like, he had right. time, and he had time to make a decision, time to make a throw, and it just felt like, you know, he just wasn't able to make them early on. And, you know, so I definitely say that this is probably the most complete game the offensive line's played uh, to this point. Defense. Um, you know, I think we have to start with the abysmal tackling. Yeah. I will be very curious what the uh, missed tackle numbers are from pro football focus. Yeah. Uh, I kind like against Michigan State, if I remember correctly at the top of my head, I think it was 30 missed tackles. What would be your guess over under on that? Because I think there's a chance it's I over. think they might go over. I think I might go over on that. What, what, like what? It, is it something like, that's going to be fixed this year or this just is what it is? I, I think it is what it is at this point. And, you know, I, I think a part of it, it's just like, I mean, I, I, I mean, at this it's point, technique. You have to, question like, that. to yeah. me, it's not effort because they, yeah. they do play hard. Yeah. It's just really bad technique. You know, it's a lot of yeah. shoulder tackling. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like shoulder tackling. It's just like all that. I mean, Sam Howell's like bouncing off people like a pinball, uh, you know, just like everyone's just trying to just throwing their shoulder into them and, you know, I thought there was once that James Williams just really threw a shoulder into him. And I think that was a good lesson for him that like, sure. you're not tackling quarterbacks at Western bro. Like you're, you're in college and these quarterbacks can bounce off of you. You know, you're not like this guy that's just going to knock everyone to, to their back every single time. Like you got to wrap up. But for some of these older guys, it's, I just feel like it's inexcusable at this point. Like, I mean, just, just tackle, like literally just try. Like, I, I don't understand, like, how some of these vets are just still doing the same things over and over again, like thinking that something right. different is going to happen. Yeah. I do feel like, you know, you mentioned James Williams. I do feel like he played well though, yeah. overall, you know, mm -hmm. especially compared to like the other safeties. Right. Yeah. I think he's already clearly their best safety. Um, Deontre Smith to me was yeah. kind of a difference maker, right. Especially oh, yeah. in the second half, it seemed like he was on the field more in the second half finished the game with six tackles, two sacks. You know, it seemed like he said he wasn't necessarily a, a quarterback spy on Sam Howe, but it did seem like he was keyed in on Sam Howe because Sam was scrambling a lot, right, throughout the game. It seemed like Keontre keyed in on him a little bit more and Sam had less success scrambling as the game progressed. Um, you know, Keontre showed his speed, which I think was encouraging considering he was coming off that knee injury. Um, I was curious how much we would see of him. Uh, he didn't start, but he got rotated in. And it was clear that he was making a difference when he Absolutely. did get in the game. And they just kind of kept him in the game, you know, compared to uh, Wayne Minsteed, right? So Keontre, I think, in my opinion, he was the best player on defense today. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, he, he he definitely stood out. I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought James Williams was really good too. Um, I'm encouraged by some of the young guys, man. Just some of the Leonard Taylor, you know, two tackles yeah, for loss. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely encouraged by some of the young guys, and yeah, I would say Keontra Smith definitely. There was definitely a difference when he was on there compared to Wayman Seed. Again, something nothing that should be surprising uh, to any of us like that have been watching, been following along. So that that was definitely encouraging. I mean, I just feel like there's some guys that just got to be weeded out a little bit, man. I mean, it's tough. Right. Um, was there, I know early on, you know, as the game progressed, he did get quiet, Josh Downs, the slot yeah. receiver, right? Mm -hmm. But early on, 
and you called it in the preview podcast, right? You did not want to see uh, Gervin Hall. Gervin Hall lined up against Josh Downs. Yeah. That's exactly what we saw. Josh Downs had, I think, like a 45-yard touchdown early in the game. Did you notice anything different? I mean, it's probably something we have to notice on the rewatch, I guess. But what do you did you notice any adjustments during the course of the game? Did they bracket him? Yeah, I feel like they started to bracket him. Exactly. Like I yeah. feel like that was like the I, I honestly, I mean, outside of that play, I mean, even though he I mean he caught 10, 10 catches and he had 10 catches in the, in the first, first half. half. Yeah. which was absurd, but his yard, his yards after catch weren't very, yeah. like it, it, they weren't typical of what we saw. Except from for that one play. Except yeah. for that one play that Gervin Hall, I mean, whatever, I can just go off about that on a completely different tangent. But, um, you know, overall, I thought that they did a good job, like, you know, zeroing in on him, understanding who he was, uh, you know, as a, as a part of their offense. You, I mean, you just show like how one slip up could really cost you a lot with a guy like that. But Overall, I thought they did a really good catch. I mean, we talk about the 10 catches. He has one catch in the second half. So I thought they did a really good job adjusting. And it's, I don't know, it's not a coincidence to me that, you know, Josh Downs is sort of like forced, is is forced out of the, out of the game a little bit in that second half. And, you know, they total, yeah, they total 107 yards, um, you know, in that second half. So, I mean, I think that that had to be a priority from the jump. I also think too, before we move on from the defense, um, Shafari Harvey made a freaky play early, yeah. right? The Absolutely. tip tip to himself interception, return it for a touchdown. There's not many players in the country that can make that type of play. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jafari, you know, his ceiling is extremely high, yeah. uh, but he just, he needs to put it all together and be a consistent player down in, down out. He's still not quite there, but man, when he flashes, like he, I feel like he, you know, every few games he has a strip sack fumble. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was an excellent play he made today. So kudos to, uh, Jafari special teams. You know, I feel like it was solid, right? Um, uh, you mentioned Andy Borgales did his job. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Lou Headley did his job. Yeah. I liked what Jacoby George did. It too. Oh, that's, where I, that's where I was going, man. I thought Jacoby George was, I, I think that's a, a good fit. I think that's a good fit. Yes. He did it a lot at the high school level. Uh, he did it really, really well. I watched him return a punt the one time I saw him play as a senior. I saw I watched him return a punt for a touchdown. So I I, I do like that Jacoby George back there. I think that's a, so, I think that's a good yeah. way to get him involved in all that stuff. He had three for 36 um, on punt returns today. So basically averaging a first down per punt return, right? I think that's the way to look at it. So yeah. uh, good job by Jacoby. And, and I think too, that will just gain the confidence of the UM coaching staff to start using him on offense too, because he is a guy that that has some dynamic ability um, as a receiver. Um, let's get into just a discussion here as we kind of wrap things up. And, you know, basically the, um, the team that, you know, the narrative of Miami played hard today, right? Which they yeah. did. Mm-hmm. They absolutely did. Um, but that narrative within the context of Manny Diaz's job, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you stand now in terms of the team is still playing hard for Manny Diaz? Yeah. You know, to, to you, is that a reason for Manny, for, you know, the decision makers to continue to have Manny Diaz as the head coach? Whether, you know, look, I'm not even, I'm not talking necessarily today or this weekend. Yeah. 
but I'm saying for the rest of the season, let's say for the rest of the season, the team keeps playing hard. And also for the rest of the season, the results continue to be unacceptable. You know, the end game win loss results. Is that a valid narrative in terms of uh, keeping Manny Diaz in 2022? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, it's so tough. Cause like what you said, David, like, it seems like they're playing for him. Right. Like, I think it's, that's hard to deny that they're willing to go. They absolutely him. are. Yes. Yeah, they definitely are. So, I mean, just in, in terms of just keeping him for this year, I mean, again, I mean, David, we've talked about this. I know there's something that you say a lot that I've sort of adopted. Like it's a result, it's a results based business. You know, it's about wins and losses at the end of the day. Like, you know, it, you can play really hard and you can lose and right. you know, it, it just doesn't. This isn't peewee. Exactly. This isn't Little League football. There's no moral victories in the sport. You're making millions and millions of dollars to, to generate wins. And really, um, you know, I think it's great that these guys are playing for him. I think that's encouraging. Uh, you know, it's, I think it says a lot about the people on the roster, too. I think it says I a think lot. It about, says a lot about Manny, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not honestly surprising, right? Because everyone no, likes Manny Diaz. I think, yeah. you know, I like Manny Diaz. I'm not going to speak for you, but I think you like Manny Diaz. Yeah. I think the players like Manny Diaz. He is a likable guy. And I yeah. do think they are going to continue to play hard for him, right? Yeah. Um, but the job of a coach, right, is to put players in the best position to win games, yeah. to develop players, to put game plans together that can win games, right? right. And, you know, when, when, got, when teams are playing hard for their coach, but all these other things are not happening. You know, I, I don't think that trumps the other things. No, it doesn't. Makes sense, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And you like, again, you like to see it. Like, it's good that it's there, but I mean, you got to win, man. And if and this team it, does have talent and we see sure. it when they get into scramble mode, right? Yeah. When they start swinging in the second halves mm-hmm. of these games, they can get back into these games because they sure. do have talent, but they get in those positions, in my opinion, because of poor game plans, poor coaching yeah. in the first coming half. Out, it's, like, it's like what you're saying. Like It's the first quarter like that. It's about coaching. Like it's not, it's really good that you can play this way in the second half, but man, I mean, if you're, you're a good coach, you would get your teams to play like that for four quarters. You know, it's not yes. about like, again, it's, it's encouraging what we're seeing right now, but it's not good enough. Right. And you know, it, it is about the wins and losses and it's nice to see the team play really good in, the, in, in like for a half. But I mean, if you're not playing for four quarters, I mean, you're, you're just not doing it. You're not doing enough. Um, you know, yeah. as a coach and, and all that stuff. So again, I mean, happy to see it, but I mean, if you don't, if you don't start winning a lot of these games, I mean, I don't think you can justify, um, you know, just kind of allowing this to continue into, into 2022. And, and another thing too, in terms of like Manny Diaz, if we're having this discussion, I can't get over the defense, right? The defense gave up 45 points. Right. That's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, the second, second highest, second point most total. to a power five team that, that North Carolina has scored this year. Yeah, well, and that's also the second highest point total of Manny Diaz's career, second only to North Carolina last year. Oh, is year it? Also. Yeah. That's a good stat. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like North Carolina scored 59 points against Virginia, I think. I don't think they've scored 40 points against another opponent, you know, FBS opponent. They, yeah. they did against their FCS opponent. But, you know, this isn't it's a North Carolina offense that has good personnel, but they have not produced at an impressive, you know, they haven't produced impressively like they did last year, last year's offense did this year's offense has been kind of underwhelming. So, you know, this defense to me, and I keep saying this, but they're sliding 
every year of the of this Manny Diaz era. Um, that's not a good trend. No. And then what about you, you look at it really quick, David? Like if you look at it here, uh, what is it? Six guys caught a pass. Four of them only caught one pass. One guy caught two, and that was the running back. And then Josh Downs caught. A, I mean, you're, it's not like you got a plethora of guys coming at you, and it's like, how can we cover this? You know, they're just doing a whole, showing you a whole bunch of different things. Like, yeah, you're, Sam Howe ran for ninety-eight by, yards, and yeah. Sam Howe's good, but come on, yeah, exactly. He's not that. Yeah. Um, what about the one play away thing? Because I have an issue with that narrative that they're trying to push now too. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I don't love that either. So that reminds me back in 2019, right? Back in 2019, Manny Diaz's first year as head coach, they lost one-score games to Florida, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and FIU. And all those games were similar type of games that we are seeing now where Miami starting slow in the first half. They scratch and claw their way back into the game. And then in the fourth quarter, they just can't pull it out because they're one score, one play away, yeah. right? And so that's frustrating as well because we're back to where we're stuck. We started from mm-hmm. in this Manny Diaz era in year three. And that makes me think too, just how much Derek King kind of masked, masked a, lot. a lot of things, right? Um, I think we now see how good Derek King is right? I know there was some questions about that maybe um, from the fan base this year, but uh, Derek King is a good player. He was a difference maker. And, uh, you know, 2019 and 2021, I feel like these teams are pretty similar, except in terms of results, except this uh, 2021 team is worse on defense. Um, Better offense, worse on defense, but still losing one score games. Yeah. Um, let's wrap it up here. Did this game, does this game change your mind in terms of wins and losses? Um, like how you view the rest of this season? Like, I guess just, let's just frame it this way. Can they win six games this year? Can they win six games? Cause this we year? are now, we're yeah. now at the midway point. We are, yeah. it's two you, and you'd four. Have to go, you'd have to go four and two the rest of the way. Right. Nah. Five, I think five could be realistic, and five you know, could I, happen. I I think that they could take something away from this game. You know, I think you feel, I think you got to feel a little better about your offense and stuff like that. But I just don't like the next two opponents. I think both of those. I think the next two opponents could potentially play for the ACC championship. Right. So NC State I mean, and Pitt. NC State and Pitt, exactly. So you know, I mean, that's obviously dependent on. I mean, the NC State's playing Boston College now, so that could change. But I mean, I think those are two very strong candidates. Um, to play for an ACC championship in Charlotte later, later this year. So I think you're playing two of the best teams in the conference. Um, I think this, if they won this game, found a way to come out with it, I would have felt better. But, um, you know, I think five could be more realistic, but uh, I don't see them. I don't see them. Six getting is going to be tough. Six is going to be really tough because it would be, in my mind, I think you probably lose the next two and then you'd have to turn it around and win all of November. And, uh, you know, which I think could I, happen. It could but... happen. I think the schedule gets a lot easier then. But I think you got to find a way to win one of these next two games to, to really maybe get up to six wins at this point. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. NC State and Pitt. And I look, I think all these games remaining are winnable. 100%. Yeah. But I, I, I don't 
think it's probable at all, really, that that happens, right? Um, would you judging be, on would you what be we've surprised seen. if like like would it, would it shock you for like like either way would it, would it surprise you if Miami just like found a way to like get through these next the rest of like the rest of the schedule based on what you saw today would you be like completely surprised like do you feel like something's there if they won out yeah I would be very surprised yeah I would be yeah um do you feel I don't more think encouraged? like because let's be real too like after watching like, this like North Carolina is not a good team either yeah. if we're being real yeah um they lost and look i you know as much as i hate to admit it florida state seems to be maybe turning the corner but florida state's not that good either florida state beat north carolina by 10 points yeah i don't know i mean north carolina is not very good right now either um but yeah i mean like is miami better than georgia tech probably could you know Miami should beat Georgia Tech but Georgia Tech's certainly good enough to beat Miami Florida State we'll see you know I still don't know really what to make of them Virginia Tech you know it's all these like 50-50 type games and I guess my question is like do you feel better about Miami after watching them today or do you feel do you feel worse about them um it's a good question maybe we could talk about it on the rewatch I feel well, I feel, I feel better about the offense. I feel the same about the defense, which is not good, right? I don't think this defense is very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I feel better about the offense because you'd have to think at some point Tyler Van Dyke is going to start playing in the first quarter, in the first half, like yeah. he does in the second half of these recent right. games, right? He's going to put it all together at some point. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, I do feel a little encouraged about that. But with that being said, again, like at the end of the day, his stats aren't good enough. Like he's no, not producing so at, a, not. at a good enough level. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very I don't know. I don't trust this team at all. So I don't know <laughs> if I necessarily feel better or worse about them. I kind of just yeah. feel the same. Yeah, I hear you. So let's wrap it up there. Um Once again, thanks to everyone who does listen to this podcast following a mediocre season. We appreciate you. Um, Thank you for those that also visit the website insidetheu.com. So till next time, take care, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.